Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. Wow, I am so excited. This show is going to be funny, entertaining, and so powerful and inspirational. So I want to get right to it because our guest is a busy person, and he is giving some love to us right now, and he's got a busy, busy day. So, Andrea, let's give a really quick, powerful, short uh, intro to Yaakov, and let's get him on the air. Absolutely. So, uh, Yaakov, for those of you who don't know him, oh my gosh, I don't know where you've been, under a rock. This man has been... And movies with Robin Williams, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, uh, Richard Pryor, Jack Nicholson. He was uh, told um, by everyone in the world, by President Ronald Reagan, that he is a national treasure. He was very popular all the time when he was on Night Court and his numerous appearances on The Tonight Show. Uh, Recently, um, even though for years he's done wonderful comedy shows and then uh, talking about his uh, wonderful, amazing um, opportunities to come here to America from Russia. He spent the last couple of years focusing on hebel- happily ever laughter, where he talked about how the laughter's effects on relationships changes your wor- worldview on how you're loved and how you show up. So with that, we're going to go ahead and pull Yakov on so we can have more time with him. Yakov, join us. Thank you. Hi. Welcome, Yaakov. Thank you very much, Andrea Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection. You do always a great job of introducing guests, and thank you also so much for making sure this guest was able to find us on the air. So, Yaakov, I was able to witness you, experience you at Roxanne's bank event, and wow, uh-huh. that I put it in the universe that one day I could amplify your life, but that day I got to, <laughs> <laughs> I got to take a picture of you. Yeah, I, am, I enjoy this event as well, and... Um, it was great that you included me in this wonderful picture, uh, my picture, or in your wonderful book that kind of highlights really great, great people in this industry. Well, if I can uh, just plus that by just saying it really is to honor people that bring lots of smiles to this planet, and also in some cases abundance, because when you think about it. Uh, when you're happy, you're attracting all kinds of happy people that you can collaborate and do really great things together. So that was uh, that was obviously for me when I saw you perform. I said, "This guy has to be in my book. He causes probably more smiles per capita than, <laughs> than probably anyone I've met." So I want to make sure Thanks. that our guests learn about you and that you have the floor almost all the time. So here here's the first thing I'd like to do. I'd like to say, can you share? your story of how you got to America and what that meant to get here so people can actually uh, feel some gratitude because not everyone understands how amazing this country is. And, and then also just the, uh, the what you appreciate most about it, okay? Sure. Um, well, I, I was growing up in the former Soviet Union and very humble beginnings. We lived in a communal apartment um, Nine, nine families lived in one apartment where my mom, my dad, and I shared the bedroom till I was 26 years old. And this is, um, so I, I joke about this, that when my parents wanted to uh, um, 
the internet, they would send me to look out the window. And then, and then my dad would say, so what do you see in the window? I said, our neighbors being intimate. And he said, how can you tell? I said, because their son is looking at me. And that, you know, <laughs> what created the laughter in my parents, my parents laughed, and that gave me some kind of a subconscious cue that they were happy and they were laughing, so it was kind of contagious and encouraging. And uh, I wanted to understand if that something happens every time when when you make someone laugh, are they happy? So I um, went to school and and tested this out, and we had a, a teacher who was not very friendly, and she said to the class, anybody who's not smart, stand up. And I stood up, and, and she said, Yakov, you're pretty smart. I said, I know but I didn't want you to be the only one standing. So that got my classmates to laugh. And that's how I, you know, uh, realized that I have some kind of a unusual strength, like a, a superhero, that I can do this. And, um, and that got me to perform uh, later on in life. I started performing on a Russian cruise ship. Uh, and that's where I met um, Americans, and at that time, Jimmy Carter was trying to show, you know, trying to get the Soviets to show some human rights. So he uh, made a deal with them that if they allow people out of the country, he would, um, he would give them wheat. And so my parents and I were exchanged for some tons of wheat. So every time I see a Wonder Bread truck, I salute, <laughs> and then I wonder, and then I, so I come to America, no English, no money, uh, but definitely a, a, a hope to be able to be, to make people laugh, and well, not knowing whether they're going to understand me or not, but the desire was there. So I, uh, I started, you know, learning English, and then I moved to uh, Hollywood, started performing at the comedy store, and uh, that, I mean, it sounds easy, I mean, all of that, but each step was very, very challenging, but, I, but my determination to, to be able to make people laugh was prevailing, and that's kind of a short story of my me coming to America. Well, it is a beautiful story and a sentimental story, and it does actually really sh uh, share what I wanted you to share. I wanted to know, uh, what, I what do you think Trump is giving for people to come to the country? Well, I think it's a, it's a questionable, I mean, there's a lot of polarity for, against, all of that, and you, you're well aware of it. Um, and uh, right now, uh, America is very uncertain uh, in, in which way, you know, it's going to go or be or how it's going to be. And so yeah. Trump, you know, tries to, I mean, from my perspective, he's trying to explain when he first time met 
uh, with President of China, he was looking for something nice to say. And he <laughs> said, you have one amazing thing in your country, and it's a great wall. <laughs> and it works because there are no Mexicans there. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, uh, what what is uh, that? What was that that you loved art so much? Tell tell us about the art and the and how you actually shared your patriotic message. Oh, I um, well, my initial you know uh, introduction to art. I have a degree um, in art uh, from my hometown, from Odessa, Ukraine, and um, uh, so I was a teacher of art. And when I don't, I. I don't paint as much as I probably should or could, uh, but when I'm emotionally touched, uh, one way or another, happy or sad, I tend to paint. And so during 9-11, when the attack was happening, my instincts, instinct was to paint something to, to help to kind of bring back what was missing, which was the, the towers um, that I kind of, when I was sworn in as an American citizen, I was sworn in at the Statue of Liberty ceremonies. And so my view of uh, happiest day of my life of uh, American landscape was crumbling in front of my very eyes. So. I started to paint that night, and I painted a painting called America's Heart, and you can, you can look online um, on my website, yakov.com, and you'll see the painting. And it just came to me that that was, um, it's an American flag in the shape of a heart with the Statue of Liberty on the front ground, and, and you know, the, the Manhattan kind of struggling on the background, and I saw it as a mural uh, at Ground Zero to send a message um, to America about the indestructibility of American spirit, that even though the, the buildings might have fallen, but the spirit doesn't go away. And so uh, I, I was able to, it took a year, but I was able to put that mural up. Uh, it was 135 feet wide by 200 feet tall, uh, looming triumphantly there at the ground zeros, uh, right in the middle of it, and as a backdrop for every, everything. And my message was that I put underneath of the painting that, the human spirit is not measured by the size of an act, but by the size of a heart. And mm-hmm. um, it stayed there for a year and a half and kind of sent the message that I was hoping to send. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Uh, what kind of impact did that have on your career? Oh, I, I did not put my name on it. I did not. I, that was one of my conditions that it has to be totally anonymous, so career-wise, I don't think it does, it didn't make any 
that wasn't the intent. The intent was to honor the people who were perished and and uh, send a message to America. So it wasn't a career decision. It was my heart decision. Okay, so I'll rephrase that. I do call you saying that it was anonymous and that it had remained so. So what happened to your career disconnected from that? Uh, what happened to your life? Did your, did your life, the karma of your life improve? Uh, what, what happened during that time period? I think it's all connected, you know, so uh, if you do something that affects people and helps them see something that can improve their lives, I think it comes back to you. My, you know, I'm very blessed. I own a 2,000-seat theater in Branson, Missouri, in which I entertain over 4.5 million people. So, I mean, I, I now live in Los Angeles and go to Branson a couple of months a year to do shows there. So I've been very blessed to, to do a PBS special, Happily Ever Laughter, and spread the message. Now I'm getting my doctorate degree in psychology and global leadership, and that will help me uh, create some new awareness through comedy and through my uh, recognition of what America might need. So you have, uh, you obviously know a lot of comedians. I guess question one is, who do you, who cracks you up? Who's someone that makes you laugh probably more than anybody? And, and I'll ask the second question right after that. Okay. Well, definitely it was Robin Williams uh, that was making me laugh very hard um, and um, I love Jerry Seinfeld um, uh, I love Dane Cook I, I mean there are a lot of comedians today that are very very funny um, uh, Jim Jim Gaffigan makes me laugh but I, I would say there it's a weird choice and you're gonna understand it in a minute um, but who cracks me up? Probably my children. If you ask my kids, who <laughs> makes you laugh the hardest? Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. He was my roommate for three years. And uh, so I know a different side of Andrew Dice Clay. He taught me English. Thank God I, I was selective. <laughs> and, um, and so, but yet, uh, he has uh, kind of a, like a shortcut to my funny bone because, you know, he was a, 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 we were goofing around all the time. And at that time, he was totally clean. His show was about uh, mostly impressions of John Travolta and Elvis Presley. That, uh, and uh, so, so, so. So, but we would goof off. He was my roommate. So I would, even if I had a date, with, you know, I would say, Andrew, go to your room. And he would say, and be lonely there. And he would sit there and I would just laugh. I couldn't stop laughing because he would just crack me up. So <laughs> that connection's still there. That's awesome. Uh, you've written books? I write, I've written two books. Uh, 
One is called American Six Rubles a Day. That was published by Random House um, and sold like quarter of a million copies. And then the second book is a little bit more introspective. It's called Smirnoff for the Soul. And that's a little bit more about my journey, my spiritual journey, my life journey. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, can you give a couple of uh, gems or nuggets from the book uh, that people could counter and uh, learn their examples of how the book is, is wonderful? Well, um, uh, the American Six Rubles a Day is mostly funny. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to be profound. Um, and But yeah, I remember a cute story when I sent the book to President Ronald Reagan. And uh, and then I get, when I saw uh, him and Nancy next time, she said, you scared me. I said, how did I scare you? She said, well, uh, I, I was hearing Ronnie in the bedroom, and he was, like, laughing hysterically, which is not something I heard before. And said, I couldn't understand what's going on. I thought maybe he was having some kind of health problems. So I ran in, and he was reading your book. <laughs> so I said, well, that's one of the best compliments you can ever get. <laughs> um, so that's a funny book. In terms of the Svena for the Soul, it has a lot of uh, insightful um, information, like how do I achieve... How do I achieve success, for example, on different levels? And I have a formula that I'll be happy to share with you. And the formula is simple. It's intention, attention, and no tension. Those three elements are key elements in every major success or, or minor success. You have to have an idea what you want. You need to have an intention, and then you need to put attention on it, which means you're doing your due diligence, and then you got to let it go and let the universe take care of details. And that's one of the hardest things was for me to do because I'm kind of a type A personality that I go after what I want, and, uh, and no tension is very challenging for, for us. Right. So that's, that's the part that I continue to work on all the time. Well, I know we're getting kind of close to uh, the time that you have to go, so I wanted to just ask you, how do you remember all your jokes? I, I know that Joan Rivers has a massive index card library and uh, a Rolodex system that she uses to remember. How do you remember them all? Um, I actually don't have a library. I, they're kind of stored in, in my head and show up when they need to. Um, I guess it's some kind of event system, I don't know. But a lot of times I, I have people come to me and say, I love this joke that you used to tell. And they would tell me that joke. And I would go, oh, my goodness, it was a funny joke. And I haven't used it in... 30 years, and right. I should, and that kind of rekindles it, and then I'll use it for a while. So there's a lot of material in my mind, and uh, it just tends to show up when it 
needs what he needs to. Well, we only have a couple more minutes. Can you tell maybe like thirty jokes real quick? And um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> hey, can you? But seriously, can you tell? So we can buy, a, buy a book or a DVD on Yakov.com. Y a k o v dot com. You have plenty of material. Or check well, me out on YouTube channel. You know, Yakov Smirnov channel. So there's plenty there. So uh, we will, and I will. Uh, can you uh, leave us with uh, one of your favorite jokes? It will be a Russian joke. Is that okay? Of course. Okay. Moravie женился на слонихе. И после первой брачной ночи слониха умерла. Tell me if you heard that joke. I, I, I have never heard that joke, actually. No? Okay. I'll do it in English then. It's very obscure. But it's, uh, that's how I was able to do comedy there without being upfront. So a little tiny ant, an ant, got married to a female elephant. And after first wedding night, elephant died. And the little ant said, only one night I enjoyed myself. And now, for the rest of my life, I have to dig this grave. <laughs> Spasiba. <laughs> well, I have been to the beautiful country of Russia, and it certainly has evolved and changed over the years. So, um, it it's it's a totally different country than Yakov is is expressing because it certainly was different when he lived there. So, Yakov, thank you so much for spending time with us, and good luck on the rest of your day. And I, I hope we have a future time to continue this conversation and amplify you even further because you're a brilliant man. And uh, I, I certainly would have liked to have asked a lot more questions about just uh, how important gratitude is. So thank you for spending this time with us. My pleasure. I'm grateful. Bye-bye. Right. Have a good day. Thank you. Okay, our, our next guest that we're going to just quickly get to, I just met her this weekend, actually, and she is such a brilliant woman. Uh, Latalia Palmer was at an event called Bold, Beautiful. Actually, Latalia, tell me, what was the title of the event? It was bold, brave, and beautiful. I knew I was messing up by throwing beautiful up. Because <laughs> you got to end with beautiful on the end because you definitely are beautiful. And I got your picture up today to show the world that beautiful smile you have and the key smiling. Oh, so you're thank gonna be, you. <laughs> so you're going you're gonna to be in the next key smiling book. And we're changing the, the wording because it's not going to be uh, bold in the first part. It's going to be bald. So it's bald, beautiful, and bold. And you are certainly all three of those things. So we, uh, thanks to Yaakov, have been given a little more time perhaps than we anticipated. So uh, just to wrap up this segment, I would love for you to share um, your message yesterday. And I'd like to give a shout out to Teresa and uh, Royal, Royal Brown, who put this event together to honor women for being bold, beautiful, and but beautiful's last. Okay, so we'll get that part straight. But she is really uh, celebrating leadership, and she's celebrating people that are stepping into their power. And you are certainly a great keynote speaker, and I was so moved by you. I said, please come on my show for at least three or four minutes so we can uh, have the world know about you, and then we'll bring you on for a future show. So uh, what? first of all, uh, you can talk about how uh, Teresa changed your life, and then, of course, your message. Absolutely. I, I actually met Teresa when I first moved to Maryland. I moved to Maryland 
in 2005. So no, it was maybe two years after I moved to Maryland and she had the, uh, EPNET, um, uh, organization and supporting business owners. And then she moved, uh, it evolved and she added a component called the bold, brave and beautiful movement for women who are in business and really helping them to, and she's helped me to step out boldly outside of myself to do things that I had never done before, you know, and in a new environment, meeting different women. She definitely supported me uh, in networking and connecting with the people that I needed to know. She taught us, you know, what it was to be brave and take a leap out into faith so that we can experience the things that we wanted to experience in our businesses really digging That's into right. what it meant to be beautiful and in integrity while you're working in business and being beautiful from the inside out. So she's impacted my life in those ways and helping me to become uh, someone who's here in the Prince George's County area of Maryland uh, to step out in a bold way and do a new thing in a new environment. So I'm very grateful, you know, that I met her and the opportunities that she has afforded me. Yeah, absolutely. She's well, a great gonna, person. Well, I'm going to interject that it's she has quite a talent because you said she's one of the first people you met. And she is uh, honestly the first person I met when I launched the Umbrella Syndicate and she embraced it. There are certain people in this world that have an innate ability to see, uh, you know, a pure heart, a future talent, a, a person that's going to mm-hmm. go places. And she has that talent. And or she is just she brings it out in people, which is probably the combination. And I agree with you. She is so intelligent because the amount of people that support her because of the love she gives them and the people that uh, realize later that she was right, that they are powerful. Yeah. So let's go into your message right now. And, All uh, right. Oh, so and, and, and I, yes, I mean, not yesterday. It was Saturday. It just feels like it was yesterday. It was so amazing. It's so electric in that room. But uh, I, I really wanted to impress upon the audience that their life experiences are going to teach them, shape them, and groom them. And those experiences may be hard in the moment, but if you stay the course with the tools that you've learned throughout life, you're going to come out shining brighter because of it. And I shared my story as I'm currently um, overcoming breast cancer. And while it has definitely been one of the lowest points of my life, I am determined to make it one of the highest points of my life. And in order to do that, it takes that that building of the muscle that I talked about, the spiritual muscle, the emotional muscle, and the mental muscle in order for us to have the strength to endure the hardships that are going to come our way because we're meant for greatness. You know, those seeds were planted in us, and there's no way that, that we can deny it without killing off a piece of ourself. And so the the obstacles and, and the adversities, they're not meant to stop us. You know, they may seem like they're meant to stop us, but they're there to help shape us, to groom us, and to propel us to our next level because, you know, and, and as I shared, you better believe that something is going to break in this process. It's going to be that tumor. It's not going to be me, you know. And so that was the, the, the big message that I wanted the audience to get on Saturday. Well, they certainly did get that. And I want to say that when you were went up there, one of the things that touched me is that before your keynote presentation, a woman, Tammy, I don't recall her last name, but she was to get the crowd really up and electrified. And you sat down and I was a little confused by that because I didn't know really your story yet. 
and you mm-hmm. shared on stage that uh, you were really emotionally uh, distraught because you couldn't put your energy into that that dance and that aerobic activity because you didn't want to take any energy away from your presentation. So share that real quick. Yeah, so it was uh, Tammy Beach, and she was doing Zumba, and I absolutely love Zumba. (laughs) That is one of the dance exercises that I commit to, and so it hurt that I wasn't able to get up and, and participate in something that I passionately love to do because of an adversity that I'm going through. So because of the uh, the chemo, you know, it's really left me in a place where I have to uh, preserve my energy in order to do high uh, momentum activities. And so I had to sit that out, you know, and I literally shed tears as I was sitting there because of the type of adjustments I've had to make in my life um, due to, you know, the chemotherapy and, I knew that if I got up, I participated in Zumba, I'd be wiped out and I would not be able to share and impart the message that I came to impart on Saturday. And, you know, even sharing that on stage, uh, it meant a lot to me because I wanted to be very transparent about how things can affect your life and what, your go- what you go through on a moment-by-moment basis. And it may seem like something small, but it's not. It's huge, you know. But that's even more of a reason to fight because you want to reclaim the thing that that adversity has taken away from you. And so I'm determined, you know, I'm committed to to making sure that I take care of myself. I'm I'm strict about my diet. I'm strict about preserving and pacing myself um, so that I can get better and do the things that I used to do and more, you know, so that was really important. And thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, and energy is everything because that's that's how we actually fight. That's how we rebuild, and that's how we get our immune system to actually protect yeah. us. So I, yeah. I think that you were very smart about that. But then the second part, which I want to acknowledge you, Arne, is you broke out like a huge, like massive dance after your presentation. <laughs> that was like that was like two, three minutes long because when the DJ was starting to put the music down, you said, "No, keep it going, keep it going." So you reserved the energy so you can still share with it. <laughs> So what was so awesome about that, Ken, is that, so here's the thing, right? I love to speak. I'm not always the greatest person one-on-one to have a conversation with, but when I'm on stage and I'm actually standing and walking in my purpose, that energy, I, I get the energy flow, you know, and all of the pain, all of the aches, everything that I was worried about just goes away. And so as I'm on stage, as, a, as opposed to my energy being depleted, it was actually being increased. And so at one point I needed to sip a water and I think you bought me the water. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, but after that, it, it, it just flowed. And so then she put on my favorite hip hop artist, Jay-Z. And it was actually um, related to a reference that I made uh, from that song. It was touch the untouchable. You can't touch the untouchable, shake the unshakable or break the unbreakable. And she ended up finding that song. And that just sent me into another realm. And so my love for yep. Dancing came out. I, I finished my presentation. I had energy left over, and I was able to get my party on. You know, so I really didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> exactly, and and also you can't stop the unstoppable, and you are certainly unstoppable. So I love that part of the message. And 
you know, Teresa Royal Brown is in my first Keep Smiling book uh, because it was the mm. first one I could put out about the DMV area. And she's acknowledged. And it's so appropriate that you're on my show again as a result of her. She's made so many things happen to me. And thank you very much. Shout out to Pamela Reeves for inviting me as a personal guest at her table. So she she made an impact. But you are making a great impact. And I look forward to doing a future radio edition with you, the bald edition, where we actually talk about that bald and bold and beautiful movement, as well as having you featured and your story featured in that particular book. So thank you for taking some time to spend with us. Is there a way people can follow you? Absolutely. I am. I'm on Instagram at Single Moms Ignite. And I'm on Facebook at Coach Latalia. Very good. Well, we're going to build that page, amplify you and your message. Look forward to staying in touch with you. Have a great day. All right. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Wow, what a first segment. We had Natalia Palmer and Jakob Smirnoff. And such a, a big thank you to you, Andrea, for getting not only our first guest, but our second guest. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to share how you help these type of guests, leaders, and speakers by uh, when you when you go to these events, how you help them get sponsorship and how you help actually really create abundance. So why don't you share that right now? Andrea? 
Oh, she did. Okay. So our next guest is Lila Hart. And when Andrea does call back, she's going to give a nice intro. But I, I met Lila at the uh, World Marketing Summit, and she was one of the speakers there. And she is an amazing woman. Uh, and we are probably going to bring her on early and, and just ask uh, Andrea. To... Okay, Andrea, I was giving you an opportunity first to share about the red carpet uh, connection and how you help so many people create abundance and sponsorship for their events. So why don't you do that first, and then we'll slide into a nice intro for Lila. Oh, that would be absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Um, I actually hear him in Seattle, Washington, where Lila's originally from, uh, doing a red carpet event. We were here for the big badass, a real estate wealth expo, and I was here uh, representing one of my clients, AJ Poyton. So uh, basically, uh, what I do is um, help uh, amplify my clients to the world, uh, which of course Ken Rashawn is one of them. So those of you who didn't know that can know now. Uh, so we uh, make sure that the people that we uh, love and represent are seen and heard, and on fabulous uh, radio shows, television shows, and um, are represented on different stages. And we help them uh, get their messages out so they can propel all the wonderful things that they want to do. And so since I am in Seattle, I told Lila I would tell her mom and dad hi for her. And um, so our guest, is she's absolutely adorable, by the way. You guys will just love her. She is a Filipino-American stand-up comedian. She now lives in Los Angeles. And she's the host of Small Talk with Lila Hart. And that is a weekly talk show where she interviews interesting, inspiring individuals every week on Channel 3. 10 on YouTube. Now, one thing that's interesting about Lila, that if you were to see her, you would say, wow, she is uh, quite petite. She's only four foot six. She was born with spina bifida. And she may be small, but she is a big powerhouse on stage. And her unique worldview provides her an ability to find humor in the adversity that she has had to overcome. So uh, thank you so much for having me on as well. So Lila, if you could join us. Hello, Hello. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's really great to meet you at the World uh, Social Media Summit, and I got to do a, a wonderful photo shoot with you. And you know, your energy is so beautiful; I couldn't wait to capture <laughs> it. And what, what's in, you know, you have something in common with the other two guests from the show. All three of you are in Keep Smiling books. Uh, Yakov is in a, a celebrity one, and. Natalia uh, is going to be in a future bald edition, and you're going to be in the next one that's going to be about speakers, actually. So uh, Andrea is helping me helping me put that together. And so if you know any speakers that belong in this book because they create smiles and, and abundance in the world, we want you to connect us to them. So tell us your uh, – let's start off with your story. Tell the audience uh, how things progressed from your childhood and what you had to overcome to be who you are today. All right. Absolutely. Let's just get right into it. So – I was born in Hawaii. My parents, my mom is from the Philippines. My dad is from Louisiana. My parents met in the Philippines when my dad was in the military. Um, so I was born in Hawaii, and I was actually born with spina bifida and scoliosis. And for those of you that don't know, it's a congenital birth defect, and many people with my condition, there's a lot of things that can happen, you know, uh, being wheelchair-bound or having, you know, to deal with uh, some learning disabilities. Um, so I uh, have had many surgeries growing up as a child. Um, my first, like, major back surgery was when I was, like, nine months old. And remember, my mom always likes to tell the story that the doctors told her that I'd never be able to walk and that I'd have a difficult time learning in school. So my mom was super determined 
did not see that happen. So she, you know, really worked with me when I was a kid and, um, you know, through the grace of God and uh, by a miracle, I, I was able to walk, you know, and I walk a little bit with a limp and um, a, a little bit sore, but you know what? I, <laughs> uh, never really, I, I don't let my disability affect um, my day-to-day life for the most part because I'm just such a, a go-getter and, you know, pushes myself um, to just uh, be the best that I can be. So, you know, it really comes from a really strong upbringing, I would say, you know, having really supportive parents. Like, my mom was always so encouraging when I was in school, and, you know, uh, my dad always believed, like, they always, they set in this tone in me that, you know, I really could do anything. I may be small, but I can make a big difference. You know, that was my slogan growing up as a, a kid. Remember, I ran for ASB president when I was in the fifth grade, and because I was so much smaller than my peers, and I thought to myself, hmm, how can I get some respect in this school? You know, I want, I don't want people to look at me like I'm different. So I was like, I'm going to run for ASC president. You know, so then people will know me for something positive. I remember my slogan was, I may be small, but I can make a big difference. And even being in the fifth grade, I remember thinking, oh, it'd be so great if I memorized my speech rather than brought up some note cards up there so that when I give my speech in front of the entire school and, you know, tell them why everyone should vote for me, I'll look more professional. And uh, I won by a landslide, and that was, like, my first, you know, was my first kind of uh, win of sorts in public speaking. And I really enjoyed being on stage and giving a presentation or when I'd have to go to the school boards and I'd have to give the presentation to the school, the director of school boards, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, I went to Washington State University where I went to college. I have a degree in broadcast production with a minor in political science. And uh, I graduated in 2013. Upon graduating, I moved to California. Santa Cruz was where I first moved. And I worked for a digital advertisement agency um, uh, for a couple years, moved down to San Diego, you know, and then uh, really found my passion of stand-up comedy when I moved to Los Angeles. And stand-up is what, you know, really makes my heart happy, you know, being on stage and making people laugh and releasing, you know, that tension that when you're on stage and you're being your most authentic self, you're inevitably going to be funny because the truth is what is funny. So, yeah, I've been doing right. stand-up comedy in Los Angeles for the last so, few years. when you uh, started stand-up, were you a natural or did you uh, have a lot of work to do and you just were determined to do it? Um, I would say it was a, a, a little bit of both. I mean, I remember the, exact, I remember the day exactly that I was like, I, I went from not being a comedian to being a comedian. It was actually uh, February 10th of 2016. I was in the shower, and I had this epiphany. It was like, no one is going to hire you as the fourth or sixth love interest on a soap opera, but if you became a comedian, people would write parts in for you for movies and television, so you'd have to do stand-up. Doing stand-up is what's going to get people to really see you, because people respect comedians. And so I, uh, I went to my first mic, 
And I remember for this first mic, I really dressed up. It was just an open mic. But I dressed up as if I was going to perform for a show. So when I got on stage and treated it like an open mic, I, try to, I treated it like it was a Netflix special, you know. So I've always been uh, a performer type. I've always, you know, enjoyed being in front of the camera, enjoyed being on the microphone, you know. I enjoy people looking at me, talking to me. And uh, the stand-up was just so natural. And I also really love talking to people. Before I did stand-up, I would always say, oh, my dream job would be to talk to people all day. I would love to just be able to talk to people because that's what I'm good at. And little did I know, you know, stand-up comedy would be where my heart sent me. Well, uh, Yakov Shmirinov was the first segment. And did you get a chance to hear that segment? Yes. He was wonderful. He is amazing. So uh, he had shared some of his favorite uh, comedians, Andrew Dice, and um, gosh, who was the other one that cracked him up so much? Oh, Robin Williams. So tell me uh, some of your favorite comedians and perhaps even examples of why they're funny. You know, I, I, I too really love Robin Williams. Um, I love watching old clips of Robin Williams on YouTube. It's like one of my favorite things to do just because his energy is so, it's just so pure, you know, and not only was Robin Williams an amazing comedian, you know, he was an incredible actor, so just the range of emotion one person was able, is able to make you feel is uh, incredible, you know, like in, the, in his movies, he could make you cry. In his comedy, he can make you cry, but for a different reason, you know, so he's really, really wonderful. And then I also um, love George Carlin. I, I just, I really love how intelligent he is not only the like it, it, extremely funny, but the the uh, level of intelligence that goes behind his joke telling. Well, I wanted to ask you: Do you when you do stand up comic is anything uh, possible? You you don't have anything you won't talk about. For instance, there's some people obviously that talk about Trump, and we didn't get it really a chance to talk about it in the first segment. But this is a country where you can talk about your ruler, you can quote unquote make fun of him, and you don't you don't lose your life, and so what what is what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, the only Trump joke I really talk about is I I do I, I do midget gigs, you know, and one of the midget gigs I did was uh, for a miniature Trump, and I played a miniature Melania Trump, and so I would talk about that on stage, and it's really interesting because even the M word midget. Uh, you know, there was a group of people that didn't like the fact that I used the M word on stage, you know? So, right. uh, I, I feel like comedy is a way to, you know, we're not, we're on stage as comedians to be truth tellers and to say things that regular people are, are too afraid to say. You know, I think that you can really make anything funny in the right way, with the right choice of words, you know, and the right presentation. And, and it's not just to make light of a situation, it's to educate people and to make people think about something in a different way through laughter. I totally agree. I totally agree. So you want to share one of your favorite jokes that you tell? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say, I mean, I, I use one of my punchlines I say is like, I'm the baddest midget bitch. Right, and the reason I love that joke so much is that the the word midget used to really hurt my feelings. You know, growing up as a kid, 
and, you know, people making fun of me because I was, quote, unquote, a midget, or I remember being in college, and someone yelled at me from across the street, was like, oh, my God, there's a midget over there, and my friends thought, you know, were so upset, like, how dare they say that, so now, being a stand-up comedian, being like, yeah, I am the baddest midget bitch, I am the hottest midget bitch, you know what I mean, like, and to own it, to be like, this word that used to hurt me has no power over me anymore. And when I'm talking about this on stage, it's like it, it's a reflection of how ridiculous it really is. So, you know, people think, oh, now that I've said that, it's going to give people the right to people just start calling people midgets. But no, I feel like it does the opposite effect is that when I'm telling a joke, I'm educating people. And I'm also educating people on the ridiculousness of it, how it is to make fun of another person. I think that is probably In a cool manner, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the most profound things I've heard in a while about how words uh, can actually empower us and how a word like the M word or the N word disempowers us because we allow it to. And so that's mm-hmm. really cool. I'm so glad you mentioned that. You know, I had forgotten that the M word is is something we had to add to the list of things we can't say because obviously the N word we can't. So um, I wanted, yeah. I know that you, I know that you uh, follow a lot of comedians. What do you think about the controversial speech that uh, Michelle Wolf made recently? Did you follow that at all? No. Okay, that was that was at the White House. She, uh, she was she took the gloves off, and man, did she <laughs> did she become very popular? And you know, that's the point. If you're really brave when you're at an, a a dinner or an event like that, and you speak your truth, and it offends people, you are you know you're going to be embraced by people. Your career is going to take off, and on the other side, you're going to uh, be taking a risk with your career. So, I the one thing I'll say about her speech is one, check it out, and secondly that she, she really was brazen with it. And they brought, her, they brought her in for that effect, and she gave it to him. So um, I'm going to bring Andrea Adams-Miller back in because she has a lot of questions, and she gave them to me. But I think she would be really great to ask some of these questions. So, Andrea, why don't you ask one of your uh, questions right now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so I Feel Pretty just came out with Amy Schumer. And she in the past uh, – and I – uh, I'm one of those people who like put things out on the line and, and have a relationship business. And, and yet Amy always was like too much for me a little bit, but I love the movie. I feel pretty and, and what it did for women. And so I'm wondering, mm-hmm. cause I've seen some of your videos, you're really inspiring people to follow their dreams and to look inside. And I wanted you to address that about how you have this wonderful self-esteem and, and you are, by the way, one of the hottest Ken took those beautiful pictures of you. You <laughs> are so gorgeous. So tell me more oh, about thank that. Thank you so much. You know, uh, this is so it's so funny that I, I'm going to tell you this, but I was once described, someone said, like, uh, Lila, you're like a bad bitch who doesn't act like a bad bitch. And you know what that means? It's like, you know, beauty is, like, really, for me, it's like, you're beautiful from the inside out. And when you have strong inner confidence, you can do nothing but radiate that beauty to the world, you know, and... I post pictures on my Instagram or post videos where I wear makeup and then sometimes I don't wear makeup, you know. I just really, like, showcase who I am, you know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe people should hide behind a facade. And when you're being your real, authentic self, other people around you can feel that and they're drawn to that energy, you know. And I think because at the end of the day, what we all really want is to be happy and to truly be happy you have to be loving and acceptance towards yourself and when you're loving and accepting towards yourself that's when you can truly impact and help other people it really all starts with that well you know, I, I, and I have to, yeah oh go ahead go ahead finish um I'd, I'd have to really give 
the credit to my mother, you know, Esperanza Hart, for really instilling such a strong confidence in me um, from the day I was born. You know, I remember being like a toddler, just maybe like four or five, my mom would have me sing at dinner parties. She'd be like, and my middle name's Diane. You know, my mom calls me by my middle name, Diane. She'd be like, Diane, get, sing for everybody. And she'd put me on the counter and I'd sing for the party, you know, and she just made me feel like I was the best. So I wasn't ever afraid to just be myself. And when you're yourself, people inevitably love you. Well, it definitely shows because uh, what Andrea was talking about with the photo shoot, that was not intent- intended, but when you showed me your spirit, I was intoxicated and I said, wow, this person's spirit is so strong. I want to show the world how happy she is and how confident she is, how powerful she is. So uh, now that you acknowledge your mom, is there anyone else you want to acknowledge as a, a mentor that changed your life, a book that you read that changed your life? Oh, a book, uh, The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Desert, the Alchemist. I uh, that book was uh, a book that really changed my life. I read it when I was in Australia, and I was on this magical trip, and I magically stumbled upon this book, and I read it in one day. And after reading that book, I really learned that you know we're all on this journey, and yes, you know it's important to have that destination, but it's also very important to remember that. The journey is part of the joy that you will well, really have when you reach that destination. You know, the, you have to enjoy the process without, you know, and, and know that you know where you're going, but don't forget to enjoy the process. Well, I'll tell you what, I got about a signal that we got about a minute left. So I know Andrea has a really quick question, if you can give us a quick answer. And I know that you are in the Little Women of LA reality show. And we're not going to be able to share that on the show from a standpoint of what that's done for your career or give examples. We can put a link on that. So, Andrea, quick question and quick answer, please. Um, I just want to know your favorite quote. My favorite quote. Or favorite uh, joke. Or favorite show, uh-huh. either one. Uh, you know what? I just, I just a quote of never give up. You know, never give up on your dreams and keep moving forward. I, the quotes and motivational stuff. That's you know, it's all really wonderful. But I think that it's just this constant process of being willing to learn. You know, so I am. I'm always reading. Okay, and uh, again, how can people follow you and connect with you? All right, yeah, you guys can find me at Love Lila Hart on all social media platforms. That's L-O-V-E-L-I-L-A-H-A-R-T. Uh, and uh, on YouTube, the YouTube channel is Channel 310. That's uh, 310. We call it content created by stand-up comedians. I do the show. My, my show on there is Small Talk. That's on the network. But we have four other shows on there, which is a secret black school meeting with Miles Abdus. Hi, Tonight Show with Victor Martinez and Blunt and Brunch with Arthur Hamilton. And then you have Small Talk with Lila Hart. So be sure to check out Channel 310 on YouTube. All right. Well, that is a lot of places to follow you, and I can't wait to see some of your material. We actually have a, a very famous uh, 
comedian that works with Voice America. His name's Aaron, and he has a business page, so he has a construction joke that he might even share later uh, <laughs> so that you guys can uh, share that joke and, and cause the world to laugh even more. I challenge you, Lila, to uh, connect Andrea to more comedians and speakers that are inspiring smiles so we can make your book that much more powerful. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me this morning. All right. Well, have a great day, and thank you. You have been amplified. Take care. Thank you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard. 